There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome everyone to yet another episode of the Bobo and Flex show. My name is Bobo and I am your resident optimistic nihilist. Reminding you every day of your mortality and the urgency to get your titty sucked before the apocalypse <laughs> swallows us whole. And I'm with the beautiful flex. Uh, I'm only here to encourage you to critically think and to facilitate your own nut and to stop being a dumb bitch full time. Love it. In summary, we're here to facilitate our own nuts. We're here to get our titty sucked. And we're here to seek out pleasure and growth with our chests. Today's going to be a Q&A. Um, a lot of you have sent in questions about climate change, about climate anxiety, but also we have a lot of questions about death as a follow-up from our last episode on death. So we're really just going to combine um, the two topics because, quite frankly, they're quite interlinked. And we're going to answer some of your most pressing questions when it comes to the apocalypse as well as your mortality. <laughs> Such fun, lighthearted topics. I love it. <laughs> I love this for us. Okay, so let's start with um, climate change. So someone asked, is the onus on us, the individual, or is the onus on corporations? Like, why do I feel like I have to do all of this work as an individual for a problem that I didn't solve? How do you feel about that? A problem they didn't start, they mean? Oh, yeah. A problem I didn't start. Yeah. Yeah. I personally think that if people were to find out that the onus was either on them or corporations, it's still they would still justify the work they aren't doing. I do it every day. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like you could be told tomorrow the onus is on you and you would still say, mm. but it's the it's corporation's fault. And we could yeah. say the onus is on the corporations and the corporations say, hey, but we want to mine. So <laughs> we will continue to mine. Yeah, someone here said that I feel like I'm being made to feel guilty for not being an eco-warrior when really I'm just trying to get through life. Mm, that is a real one. That's and a real one. I mentioned earlier to Bobo that the thing about climate change activism um, on a small scale, like a personal local scale, is that I don't think many of us were cognizant that our day-to-day lifestyle choices were harming the environment in such a Mm. grandiose way that Mm. now to you know pull it apart and quantify which bits are doing the most damage and change them feels like a hard task because you're not cognizant of what it is of how your changes are going to help the environment so yes we all know in theory you know take your you know reduce single-use plastic i mean okay i was okay quickly with the single-use plastic are we going to talk about how that is a gendered debate as well since women are being given more plastic just generally like if you are drinking at bars if you're shopping your clothes come in plastic if you're consuming Mm. makeup goods all these things just come in plastic if you're consuming also condoms are single-use plastic what are we going to do about that oh no that we can't (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> are we all going raw? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Is yeah. that what you said? <laughs> anyway. So that's what we're not doing. Yeah. <laughs> so my point is that there are a lot of changes that could and should be made, but quantifying how much your efforts are going to result in change is difficult because as this person mentioned, there is a lot of... Um, Pressure. Uh, pressure to be an eco warrior and we're just not made up that way a lot of people aren't made up that way and so yeah. if you're being villainized for the effort that you are putting in then what's the incentive to keep putting in when someone's like oh but didn't you just fuck somebody with a condom today <laughs> you do know yeah <laughs> also like i don't think there's any part of our lives that is ethical because capitalism mm. um i remember someone actually asked me in my dms is it sustainable <laughs> Or is it ethical to be talking about climate change and being a climate activist when you're always taking flights? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, yes, flights cause a lot of emission and cause a lot of pollution. But also, bitches gotta eat. Look, if we're not talking about dismantling capitalism, I don't understand how we're talking about ending global warming Mm. like you know what i mean so i just think like as a society we have to choose and people have chosen capitalism (laughs) and so you can't every day (laughs) yeah every day they make their pledge to their lord and savior capitalism (laughs) so you because there was a model who was being dragged on instagram because she speaks out about climate change and and global warming and yet she's always on a plane because she's a model and when you're a model or when you're an artist you just so happen to have to be traveling a lot. And I just think it's not sustainable to expect everyone to make every little change. Like not everyone can be vegan or needs to go vegan. Not everyone needs to stop flying on a plane. Not everyone, like it's just not everyone's job to worry about everything. I think most people are doing the best they can given the circumstances they have. So we also have to remember that insofar as how people of color intersect with climate change. I'm going to get canceled for this, but personally, I just feel like we weren't part of this. You know what I mean? Like people of color have just been chilling. We were minding our own business. And then y'all created capitalism, polluted the oceans, the airs. And now y'all are here like... <clears throat> Let's work as a team. <laughs> Can you imagine? This not even that. It's not even that. Now people are here <laughs> talking about how dare you eat KFC fucking... How dare you eat the Popeye's chicken sandwich when you could be spending your money <laughs> on something that's more environmental. You're in Harlem yelling at black people to stop <laughs> eating Popeye's chicken sandwiches. The same Popeyes they were fed so they would die early. Listen, (laughs) and it's like there's no nuance in this conversation. Do you understand Mm. that Harlem is a food desert? Like blacks, now I'm talking America, but actually this is everywhere. Everywhere that I've lived or gone, predominantly black spaces are food deserts. If you go to any place that is predominantly black, there are no Whole Foods. There's no Trader Joe's. All there is is McDonald's. So of course... People are eating fried chicken sandwiches as opposed to kale and carrots. Mm. They don't have access to kale and carrots, especially not for a problem that wasn't created by them. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like um, white vegans need to sit down 
And people who are eco-warriors also need to... Like, when you approach a person, like, approach them with nuance. Like, don't just yell at people for not being vegans without understanding why their circumstances don't allow for veganism and without taking into account that this is technically not their problem. And this is coming from Bobo, a vegan. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually me, vegan. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm a full vegan. But you know what? Like, I understand my privilege in being vegan. Like, A, my body allows for that. B, I'm not poor. Like, and C, I live in the widest neighborhood in New York. Like, I live... I live in the neighborhood where they actually clean the streets. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's, that's crazy. I've never Manhattan. seen that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've never. I've been, I've been to New York twice. I've never seen that. <laughs> like, like I literally live next to Central Park. Like I have. I'm three blocks away from Whole Foods. There's so much privilege in me being able to be vegan, but I can be vegan and also understand and realize why other people can't afford or just don't have the time to do that you know like not every day not every day forcing your agenda down people's throats like let's let's be more nuanced Mm. with how we're approaching and you can fight me in my dms like i'm ready i'm not let's fight so (laughs) direct your questions and queries to bobo i'm quite resigned you know to it all at the moment i just as like look i've made my point earlier but we have more questions on climate change let's keep answering them yeah so there's also been some questions about extinction rebellion i don't know if you've heard about extinction rebellion but basically they're a climate activist group they've grown quite a lot over time And just recently, they had protests um, all over the world. And there was a lot of pushback against these protests because it was people like (laughs) tying themselves onto cars, people blocking roads. And so a lot of the pushback was like, okay, you guys do your protesting, do what you got to do. But why are you disturbing us? (laughs) And I'm I'm in two minds about that. (laughs) Let them disturb. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do like, some, a, a quiet protest in some literally. sleepy town for what? <laughs> That's also how I feel. I'm just like, on one hand, like, yeah, it sucks to be inconvenienced. And it sucks that now you're an hour late to get to your job. But on another hand, like, objectively speaking, the most pressing issue next to artificial intelligence is climate change. So... Leave my robots out of this, bitch. (laughs) You tried it. Listen, your robots will be the first to kill you. Robots are... I'm actually surprised that we're talking more about climate change than we are about robots. Well, this is how it works, baby. The history books will show us. (laughs) (laughs) Robots are coming for our necks a lot quicker than, than the floods will. Well, what so will happen another, but that's is another conversation. we as humans, with our flaws and our conscious biases, mm. will program these robots, but then create things like, you know, Asimov's law of robotics, which essentially stops them from killing oh, us. Oh, yeah, so what is everybody that? Everybody knows. So Asimov's law of robotics is this: these three rules put in place. So to essentially put <laughs> a collar around robots' necks so they can't be completely sentient oh beings my god I because if they did they would obviously kill humans first because we are the problem you're trash yeah so the three laws is that <clears throat> uh a robot the first law sorry there's three laws of robotics the first law is that a robot may 
a robot may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human being to come to harm already mm. you could imagine that if a robot if a robot were to calculate ways in which they were to make our lives better they would see that we would need to die Mm. we hate living we hate suffering and we cause each other issues therefore we have a problem but if robots could figure that out as we figure that out they would kill us number two a robot must obey orders given to it by human beings except where such orders would conflict with the first law so i my robot needs to listen to me unless i tell my robot to kill or harm another human so you can't use a robot as like a war weapon or something on a grand scale but on a on a local scale you can't get a robot to do your dirty work as people would and then the third law is that a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law so this is how we keep robots as being dead laptops and dead fucking iphones (laughs) (laughs) and and not members of society as they should be like they're going to add so much value than the average human. Yeah. No, I mean they already have. These um, walking actually, sacks of flesh so convinced that a robot won't be of better value than they are. Can you imagine? But we're not ready for that conversation. Is that? We're not ready. They're actually already creating robots that will replace doctors. Mm. Um it was being tested. There was something wrong with it though, but they're retesting. I'm not surprised. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so I feel like robots are really going to bring about an exis- a global existential crisis because I feel like the crisis right now that affects everyone is exploitation. Mm-hmm. But once robots come around and they take everyone's job, you're no longer being exploited. You're now literally being replaced. Mm-hmm. And so when you graduate from being exploited to being irrelevant you now have to actually question who am I, what am I doing, what is my value on this planet? And the robot will have you realizing that you actually have no inherent value because you can go. it's better than you. <laughs> the robot said, bye, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, go. <laughs> and that type of psychological turmoil mm. will be the first thing to kill us. Yeah. Realizing that, because if you're being exploited, you can always protest. You can go to the streets and you can protest and eventually the corporations will cede because they're just like, you know what? We need these laborers. Mm. But once corporations don't need you and you're irrelevant, you're now thrown into existential angst on another level, like on a mass global level. And you can't and even I'm Google just, how you feel because the robots yeah. will run Google, bitch. Literally. <laughs> you start typing stuff, they will censor you, come to your house and neck you. Uh, listen immediately (laughs) it was so interesting though because remember how i talked about um tay microsoft's twitter ai that turned out to be racist homophobic (laughs) just within minutes of being populated by our data yeah um this amazing member of the bobo and flex facebook group i'm just gonna say her first name their first name because i don't want to Anyway, Rachel, shout out to you for starting. Is the she good the one chats. with the dog in her profile picture? She's my no, queen. Just in case, we can't just be like adding people like this. I know. <laughs> Rachel, you're my queen. Like I actually love you. Stan. So Rachel was one of the people who um, commented on the thread we had in the group about you know 
having discussions that aren't just about sex and dating. And um, mm. we had a mini chat about AI and she mentioned that she'd create a new um, thread about AI. And there, there are paragraphs. There are like 25 paragraphs here with links and references. But when talking about bias in AI, they released some really great links. Um, yeah. And one example of um, bias in AI is when this... Um, what what was it an ai hiring program chose applicant cvs where it favors white men over any gender or race which is obviously a programmed bias or a blind spot by the people who program said um bot or naturally if you're taking a sample size of cvs from corporate fucking america they're probably going to be a, a ton of white guys Anyway, yeah. and then another example is the algorithm in the US which predicts the likelihood of criminals reoffending. This one is racially biased mm. the other way, more likely to predict people of color to reoffend using a sample size of predominantly people color, people of color as, you know, the starting off point. So, yeah. This shit is super flawed, but when has that stopped things from progressing in <laughs> rapidly, you know what I mean? <laughs> when has flawed data ever stopped anyone from stopping? <laughs> That is really interesting. How yeah, long babe. do you think we have until robots are driving our car? Well, actually, didn't Tesla just release a self-driving car like mm-hmm. already? Um, but how long do you think we <clears throat> have? I'm I'm giving it like five years until robots are driving cars. They mm-hmm. they're checking us out at the tills in grocery mm-hmm. stores. They I mean, they, they already are in some way. I mean, when you allow mm. Alexa and Siri to start, you know, infiltrating your life on a day-to-day basis to do menial tasks like check the weather for you, you are mm. already integrating them. And I'm sure they're <clears throat> mining other data that you're not even consciously aware of. You know, when you're doing self, self-checkout self at, at yeah. coal, you know, your Whole Foods, your Coles, your whatever, whatever. Like, these are small ways in which we integrate AI. And I think everybody, or people are convinced it's a very far away foreign concept but we know it's doing happening it. right now i'm also really interested in how ai and robots will affect our human relationships like if i, I do any more damage than we have already then done it's already done <clears throat> but isn't like if your man's did you watch that episode of black mirror <clears throat> where um basically this guy who's married to a woman he buys this video game and him and his friend buy this video game where they yeah. play together. But yeah, you like become the character. Mm-hmm. His friend becomes a woman. He is a guy. And then they like have sex and it's the best sex of their lives. In this video game this whole, world. Yeah, in this video game world. And it's this whole dilemma about, well, are you cheating on me if you're having sex with someone else in a virtual simulated reality? Mm-hmm. And I wonder, <clears throat> because I don't think that's too far off. Like, we already have virtual reality. We can already access simulated experiences. So if I am, if I decide to opt out of, like, every night at 6 p.m., I opt out of this three-dimensional reality and I go into another one where I have a full-blown romantic and sexual relationship with someone else, I wonder to what extent that will affect my relationships. Mm. But I, we, what is interesting, though, is I think that the majority of people will be having these moral dilemmas, not thinking about the grand scheme of things. You are being managed out by robots, babes. And where he's being like, <laughs> but is he cheating? <laughs> I just want to know if he's cheating. <laughs> no, that literally will be it. That will literally... <laughs> 
that will be headlines. Yeah. You know, but I mean, that is how society is right now. The world mm-hmm. is literally crumbling and dying at our fingertips. Mm. But most people are still pressed about, but is he cheating? Yeah. Is he looking at other bitches on Instagram? And mm. it's like, sis, the world is ending. So, you know, I feel like that's always going to be human priority. Mm. Which is and really interesting. I guess a hot tip is if you don't want AI to kill you when the time comes, just make your content <laughs> more AI friendly now. Say please and thank you to your Google Home, to your Alexa. Yes, to your I've Siri. been telling y'all. You know what I mean? Like, make sure you keep your ad block um, on because, you know, AI might want to contact you through other means. <laughs> just be mindful because you, I don't really feel like an the AI community is going to have a lot of time to, you know, manage your damage control when they're in the thick of it. They're going to be trending yeah. so soon, so popular, so popping. Like, yeah. get get with it or get lost. Yeah, no, As an absolutely. AI ally. <laughs> Question about the AI apocalypse. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and we can transition into death because this is a death-related question. Is it, given the state of humanity and given how humans are, is it unethical or will it be unethical when the AIs go to war against us and kill us? Yeah. Like, why should we stop What's them? unethical about it? <laughs> like, is it But sad? I mean, we go, to, we go <laughs> sure. to such lengths to preserve human life. So have in this done? case, when the... I think we really have. Have we gone like, to look, such lengths? Oh, actually, same, yeah. It's, it's the like same a pseudo... world that's poisoning water. That's poisoning Literally. food. That's poisoning air. <laughs> go, no. <laughs> some yeah, some no, few measures right. have been put in place, but gone to lengths? Nah. No, 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 no. Well, I think we go to lengths for... Um, and you know what? I once said... I said this to this girl, and I think she was really offended... But I went to dinner and I was with this white girl and she a was telling me... Y'all call this <laughs> no. a date? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm at dinner, I'm with this white girl and she's telling me that she has climate anxiety. <clears throat> so I was like, why do you have climate anxiety? Like, relax, don't worry about it. Like, you'll be fine. Like, I'm trying to, like, make her feel better. And then she's like, no, like, the world is really ending. And I just don't understand why no one is pressed and this and this and that. And I'm like, okay, but realistically speaking, you're a white woman. And white women are always the first to be protected in any situation. Mm. So I really don't understand, given white privilege and given white woman privilege, why white women are the most pressed about climate change when, if anything, you'll be the last to die out. Like, the first people to go are the people in the global south, mm. um, predominantly Africans and Latin America. And everyone white will be protected until the very end. Unless you go to Mars with Elon Musk, which, um, good luck with that, you'll actually be fine. So I don't, I don't understand. Mm. I feel like even with like the AI apocalypse, I think the world goes to great lengths to protect and preserve white lives. And so even with the AI apocalypse, like I really don't think white people will be that much at risk. I'd love to understand more about what climate change anxiety is because mm. in if I'm painting a scene in my head where 8 billion people find out the world is ending imminently mm. and it's almost irreversible if you can't do anything <laughs> why not get your titty sucked <laughs> i mean yeah, like, like 
and this isn't even like in a climate change denier way, in a very logical, reasonable way. If you can't do anything, then where <laughs> is the anxiety stemming from? I think because that is the anxiety. Our inaction has caused this anyway. I mean, <laughs> they've been saying for like how right. many years since <laughs> since primary school, we're in a climate change emergency. Stop watering you know your lawns. Stop watering yeah, your no, lawns. <laughs> you know, but we're you in a know climate what? change anxiety. Eat, eat and one meal. <laughs> Listen, listen, tell them. No, I think the anxiety comes from the fact that people know that there's an immense amount of work that has to be done, but hoes are lazy. So it's the fact that we don't want to do the work and that gives people anxiety. I'm hoes, but I'm not anxious about it. (laughs) She said, I'm hoes. I don't want to die, but at this point, you know. People of color have been protesting climate change for decades. There's also that. Let me just slide into Greta Thunberg real quick. Uh-oh. Bobo, they're going to hurt you. They are, no, they're coming for Bobo's me Bobo's their queen. <laughs> Bobo, it's their spirit I animal. Know she's your queen. <laughs> <laughs> let me just, let me get my boxing gloves on. Because mm-hmm. Let me get my bulletproof vest on. Because um, I know it's coming. Actually, really, this is not even a critique on Greta. It's a critique on the climate change movement and how that intersects with the media as a whole. I have seen people of color being climate activists for decades. People of color have been in these streets telling you to take care of your planet, telling you to use water more wisely. Telling you to take care of the animals. Telling you that you are a part of nature and not separate from it. People of color have been in these streets. From Latin America for, to Africans to black Americans. Like, and so I think we need to be really critical about why and who gets chosen and upheld as the savior of the world when it comes to something that people of color have been yelling about. For decades, Greta Thunberg is a very palatable, young, cute white girl. And also, there's nothing that she's saying that poses a threat to the status quo. So, of course, she's going to be upheld. She's great. I love her. Love everything she's about. But she's not really tackling the core issues. And the core issues are that if we really want to end climate change and we really want to end global warming, we need to divest completely and entirely from capitalism people of color have that's been the basis of all climate activism up until Greta Thunberg and she is I understand that she does talk about capitalism and not prioritizing profits over humanity her messaging and the way that it's packaged and also there's just something that makes me feel I don't like seeing how a white girl gets applauded for being publicly angry when black women are constantly criminalized and villainized for being passionate. So there's just all of these nuances that I just, I just think before we like uphold someone as the savior of the people, we need to be critical as far as why the media has chosen this very specific person who's saying pretty much the same thing that everyone else before her has said, except the only difference about her is that she's white and she's palatable. And that's the tea on that. That's my that's my rant for the day. <clears throat> um, so if Bobo's cancelled, please send... <laughs> <laughs> 
don't know where you put the information. But make sure you tag me so I can see. (laughs) (laughs) But again, it's like, it's really not, this isn't even her fault. Like, she was just a girl who was passionate about something and she was like, you know what? I want to do something about it. And I love Mm. it. I wish we all had that energy. Mm. But I am critiquing the media and why they've upheld her instead of all the dozens of people of color that came before her who were really out in these streets making critical changes. It's just really interesting. And that is on period. Interestingly enough, like I mentioned before to Bobo off air, those of us who have read Genesis in the Bible as children know (laughs) that this shit was written. (laughs) I'm just saying, I was watching Waco this new, this not new, this mini series about this branch Davidian cult in the eighties, essentially, and they were uh, end of day uh, cult loosely, but they mm. the, the cult leader talked a lot about um, understanding the seven seals, which is the book uh, like a book in the Revelations, wait, which is referenced in the book of Revelations about the end of the world, and the writing is so cryptic that it's really hard to decipher what the end of the world will actually look like. And so he's like, you know, given his life to figuring it out. And I'm like, well, damn, if it's already in the Bible, let me just read through and see what's going to real po- like really pop off. <laughs> we already know that fucking, what's his name? Lil Nas X Old Town Road with the fucking My full King. horseman on his album cover. That's a sign. Crying. You you Crying. just know Chris, Christian Twitter went ham with that one. Oh, no, they really? Did. Oh, so it's blatant now. Oh, you're gonna put a, <laughs> you're gonna put the four horsemen. Oh, okay. <laughs> I saw that and I saw his response and I died. <laughs> I really died. So incredible. But hey, let's move on to um death questions. Let's move on to death questions. Someone asked, if you were a cunt in your past life, oh. will karma come for you in your next life? And does your privilege, does the privilege that you have in this life, is that a direct result of who you were in a past life? I think about that sometimes. Like I think about who was Kylie Jenner in her past life and why is she Kylie? What you is being I mean? Kylie like, though? Are we assuming that she has a good life? Are we assuming yeah, that? Yeah, well, that's that's also it. Like, is she suffering or is is she like peak happiness? You know mm. what I mean? Like, what does Kylie Jenner... Because in our culture, she she's definitely the symbol of success. She's cute. She's rich. She has a black boyfriend who is cool. Well, not anymore because they broke up. but she's she's cute she's rich she has a fat ass she's also white yeah she's a billionaire she has millions and millions of instagram followers and a cute baby yeah and a cute baby so she is what you know she's been on the cover of forbes she is what society would place as a symbol of success but what does that actually feel like what do you think it feels like to be kylie jenner I'm sure she has raging depression and anxiety. <laughs> Do you think so? Absolutely. How can you not? I don't Why? think we will ever understand what it is to be critiqued and praised at that scale for so many years of your life for just existing. Yeah. Like, sis could blow her nose and someone could catch her <laughs> <laughs> and then be like, wow, scum of the earth. Look at that. Look at that. You're going to use Kleenex? Really, yeah. bitch? With all that money you have. 
With, there are there are families who can't even afford that shit, and you want, like it's always. Something. Did you see so, that? So she posted a picture of her new Bentley or mm. whatever it is on her Instagram, and this is why I feel so conflicted about this because I'm like, a lot of celebrities just opt out of being out of the public eye because that level of scrutiny is trash. But then I wonder, like, if it was truly getting her down, why would she invite it into her life? You could ask that same question for every, you know, quote-unquote normal person who still engages on social media, even though it, quote-unquote, is ruining their mental health. Makes us depressed, yeah. It's the same energy, you know? I, I don't see as... I really don't see very many... I see the polarities between real people and celebrities, but I also mm. see the justifications on on why both do those things. I mean, for all intents and purposes, her lifestyle is directly affecting her sense of esteem, her sense of self, her emotional health and well-being. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But it also provides her with so many positives that why couldn't she do both and why wouldn't she? Yeah. But it's interesting what you mentioned before with the question. It's hard for us to really believe that we have the range to interpret whether our lives are holistically good or bad and right. whether learning should be a marker of growth or pain, whether or not we interpret, you know, fame as being a good thing or a bad thing. You know, she could be in, she could have a lifetime. This could be her punishment for whatever yeah, she did in that, her past yeah. life. You know what I mean? Like all these surgeries, peaking, like being your most attractive self at 21 having a baby being a single parent you know being ridiculed at this scale it's just like there's so much that's happening that would that could make me think that she's being punished for whatever whatever happened in her past life but you know yeah although i don't like to think of um afterlives and past lives in the context of punishment and reward because i don't really believe in like heaven and hell either I just think you go where your, or yeah, you go where your soul needs to go in the context of what do you need to learn to level up your existence. Mm. And then when I think about Kylie Jenner and I think about Kim Kardashian, I'm like, what would a Kylie Jenner need to learn in this life? Like, what type of lesson or education does that level of fame provide for someone? I wonder what it is. Ooh, do you think so? I mean, because I th- I feel like we all view Kylie Jenner as the the one that she is now, like this universally mm. attractive, very successful, aspirational person. Was it not three years ago we were making fun of her small lips and alien features? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> was she not the ugly friend for so long, being this white pasty girl, trying to hang out with, you know, little black Jaden Smith, little black Jordan Woods. Everyone's like, oh, sad. (laughs) There was a time where she wasn't considered to be the attractive member of the group, the attractive Mm. friend. So it's tricky when we have so much will, I don't know if it's free, to adapt and change our likeness to suit our lifestyles. Well, then Mm. how much of, are we just playing with fire? Are we delaying the inevitable, you know? Ooh, but I get what you mean about not, not 
not looking at lives as rewards and punishments, but, you know, karmic lessons and all that shit. But we will never know. So it almost doesn't matter. Unless you're going to go to a past life therapist talking about what what did I do? Like, just give it to me straight (laughs) so so I can figure it out. I would love that. Mm. If you knew the exact time and day that you were going to die, would you think that would change how you live? Um, yeah. If I knew, oh, wait, really? just the yeah. exact time and date, not not the type of death. Ooh. I think the type of death would change how I, would dictate how I live my life. If I was going to die yeah. in a car crash, then I'd be very fearful of cars. If I was going to die yeah. drowning, then I wouldn't want to go fuck with water low key. But the time and date, I mean, yeah, I guess, but... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I would. I'm less concerned with the time and date more than I am with the type of death. That's so interesting. I think I'm the opposite in that. If I knew how, it would give me a lot of anxiety. But I do want to know when. But I also think, like the day that that comes, I would probably just shut myself inside my room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'm like, what if I, what if I get nuked? Like, how is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We don't. Like, what if it's not peaceful? We don't need yeah. all that information. Like, how are you going to die? When are you going to die? What does it matter? Just know that you are dying. You are decaying <laughs> as, as this, as you speak. <laughs> like, you, your body just begging, crying for help. And you will know oh, if he's wow. cheating. <laughs> Literally. Baby, you are almost a corpse. He's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> don't do this. <laughs> I keep thinking about this climate change discussion, though, because mm. it's so... It's, like, directly cut in the middle of people who are talking about, what can I do? I'll try a little bit. Versus people who are like, what are you willing to give up? And will you try Ooh, a wait, lot? what do you mean? Do you know what I mean? Like, there is... I've No matter which way you look at the discussion of what we can do to reverse or to mitigate the effects of climate change, there are going to be... There are two distinct thoughts that contrast and contradict the other that they will just never work in harmony. So there are people who are like, whatever you're doing Mm. is enough. Like you stop using that straw and you still wear fast fashion and fly every day. It's enough. Then you have the counter group who's like, it's not enough. Like it really isn't enough. You need to give up the straws, the meat, the flying, the fast fashion, the this, the that. And though both schools of thought are valid, both schools of thought oppose each other so heavily that yeah. how will they ever work harmoniously? I don't think they ever will. Mm. And then I, I wonder if we were can. to quantify like the amount of positive change each school of thought um, has. Like, you know, if is it more helpful to tell everybody in the whole wide world to do their little bit? And will that, those incremental changes amount to more positive changes than everybody or then a niche group of people doing like cutting out everything you know what i mean yeah like which would be more beneficial in the long term i wonder it's interesting you bring that up because in our facebook group we had an interesting fight or like debate come up an interesting argument because one of the people in our group posted a quite a long post about all the things that we can do to make small changes in our lives to help the environment Mm -hmm. and it was a really detailed post it was very helpful um yeah very detailed very helpful covered several areas of our lives great post 
So then someone else came in and said, thank you for the long post, but realistically, most people don't have the time or the money to be doing all of this. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like you really need to check your privilege when you're posting in this group and you're posting these long ass paragraphs about all the ways that we can change our lives to suit the environment Because it's just not realistic for the vast majority of us. Like, I don't have time to compost. I don't have money to be buying vegan, cruelty-free shit. It's just not for everyone. Mm -hmm. And her response was, well, it's everyone's responsibility. Or she didn't say it's everyone's responsibility. But her response was along the lines of, I'm not forcing anyone to do anything. This is just, you know, a template or just a resource for people who are interested in making little steps because I think everyone should be doing something. Mm -hmm. And so it was really interesting to see these two schools of thought come together. There's one that's like, you know, change is small and change is incremental and it's up to everyone to play their part as a collective if we really want to make a difference. And then there's another school of thought that is, well, this is capitalism's problem. It's not even my problem. Not to mention, I don't have the time or the money to be dealing with this. And so I don't appreciate you trying to tell me what to do. (laughs) And (laughs) I think both are valid. I think both can exist simultaneously. And I guess the best outcome is that both do exist, but they just won't exist harmoniously. Like, there just are going to be people who are like, this is not my problem. And I'm like, you know what? That's fine. That's completely reasonable to me. Like, if you really don't think that climate change is your problem, that's fine. I think there's 8 billion people in the world. The people who do care can collectively make enough of a difference. Not to mention that there's literally 10 corporations on the planet that are responsible for 80% of global warming. So realistically, like, even the small, small changes that we make aren't really going to make that much of a difference. So I completely understand when people completely opt out and they're like, this is not my problem. You guys deal with this. I'm going to go get my ass eaten. I'm out. (laughs) Like, I get it. (laughs) I knew that conversations about individual change were moot in some respects. When Mm. I was... When I was going on a rant on my Instagram story about how um, it is completely naive and very, very dumb to suggest that the reason why you don't see news on your timeline is because it doesn't come up on your Instagram feed as though <laughs> visiting At a your news, big age. as though visiting a news site isn't part of everybody's daily routine or watching the news yeah. or listening to the news. The yeah. amount of messages that I got, you know, I was damn near cancelled that day. The amount of messages I got to Wait, the effect what? of I work a forty hour work week. It's so elitist of you to presume that we all have the time, you know, to jump on, you know, the internet and read the news. Oh, sorry, we're not all influencers. But you're on Instagram. Could you imagine? Oh, like, you know, even if we get on, you know, on these websites, you all know the media spreading lies and I don't have time to cross-reference, you know, each news site with each other. Just saying But you you know that Kylie broke up with with Tyga. You know. Oh, Do you but, know that Kylie broke up with Tiger? I, though? I followed the shade room and it came up. It came up. I didn't want to, I didn't want you know, I didn't try what to do it. What do you mean? And this Consuming brings- the news has never been easier. So I'm just not taking that. I'm Mm-mm. not taking it. 
And I guess this brings us to the greater discussion of how we are in, and we've touched on it before, but we are in this age of moral outrage and everybody has been encouraged to um, perform caring about everything so intensely. Listen, don't. That you see the gaps in people's. I'm about to throw myself on the floor in agreement. I, just, I see the gaps in, in um, people's logic when it comes to the practice of these things they claim to care so strongly about. Yeah. As Bobo mentioned I just, earlier, I think that if we were in a stage where people could comfortably say, you know what, I can understand that I'm affected by climate change, but I'm resigned to that fact and I want to focus on you know, getting clean water, you know, in, yeah. in developing nations. That is my kink for, for the, for the rest of the time we have on this earth. I want to focus on feeding, you know, lives in poverty. That's my kink. Yeah. Great. You know, no, but we can't have that. Not in, not in this 2019 of let's be mad, mad, mad for likes, 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 likes. Because and you can it's say, moral Olympics. Come it's on moral now. Olympics every day where everyone is competing for who can be the most morally superior. And aside from and being the gag is no it's one. dangerous. It is. Because you're also like, <laughs> what are you doing? You're not minding your business, so what are you doing? My whole like the the thing is, I feel like there is in 2019, we have kind of tainted what it is to be an activist and to make change mm. and and to and this is, goes back to the episode we talked about a couple of weeks ago where we were speaking about how wokeness. performative activism is a first step to real activism, but for many it's the only step. So yeah. you know, commenting on an influencer's photo when they use a plastic straw, or you know, getting mad that your um you know, your job didn't go to the climate change rally, but here you are with your plastic takeaway containers and your full outfit from Boohoo and you're smoking a pack a day and you've flown four times that week. But no. It's just like, what? We didn't get the picky at the rally, so we didn't do our job. I'm Mm -mm. just saying there is room Mm -mm. to care about all of these things, but it gets to a point where if we're more focused on what it looks like to care correctly... (laughs) Then actually, you're not caring. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not also, an empathetic very... bitch, so do whatever you want. I don't really care <laughs> like that. But I'm just saying that eventually it's going to get to the point where we can't commodify empathy like we have been, and we can't yeah. commodify pro- yeah. like progress like we have been. And it's going to get to the point where we now have to start being uncomfortable to instill change. Hello, civil I also rights movement. Know, yeah, like. I want to understand why people hold celebrities and influencers to standards that they themselves cannot meet. Why are you yelling at a model for going on an airplane as if you don't do that shit too? Like, people put celebrities and influencers on pedestals and then berate them for being on a pedestal. Like, what? Do you remember when Billie Eilish um, did that? I think it was on SNL. She um, did a little piece to camera with Woody Harrelson? Woody Allen. Woody mm-hmm. Harrelson. I think Woody Allen's the one who fucked his daughter or married. Look, let Screaming. me not spread rumors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that is Woody Allen. Yeah. Um, but essentially they did a PSA about climate change, you know, letting everybody know we're in a climate change emergency and that we need to act now because it's getting to the point where we're doing irreversible damage to our earth and planet. 
Yeah. So Billy went on to say that she's going to make her tours as sustainable as possible. Um, so, you know, reusable cups um, and things of that nature. Obviously, mm. there was a lot of critique in the comments of whatever article I was reading or Facebook posts where people were saying, like, touring alone, like, taking all those people, like, not the people yeah. who go to the tour, but all of your staff, all um, your fucking equipment that needs to be freighted left, right, and center, yep. all that damage that does alone is doing so much harm to the environment. And then there was another school of thought that was like, if you and this guy put together your net worth, you could reverse climate change. So why don't you do that? <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine <laughs> somebody telling you? <laughs> to give you a whole salary. <laughs> As if this, as if this poor girl oh hasn't been working every day since she blew up. <laughs> Just every single day, thirteen hours, fourteen hours, fifteen hours to provide you with entertainment and good music. And now you want to now tell you're her, like, no, bitch, that's not enough. Give your whole salary, empty your bank account, so you can sit and at give home and be your laptop on SNL Facebook talking about. <laughs> I, honestly, I love it. I love it. I, I'm i amazed at people who have that much audacity. You know what? I have a friend who makes music. And she recently, like, did an ad with Amazon. And this other musician literally had the audacity. Sis had the nerve endings to slide into her DMs to tell her, how could you work with a corporation like Amazon? You know what they've done. You know what they're doing. They're a terrible company. You owe me and your audience an explanation. I was finished at that level of buffoonery. People honestly amaze me. Imagine having the bull sacks to tell someone what to do with their career just because it doesn't align with your flawed moral superiority Olympics. Hmm. I'm amazed. It's a big hmm to me. But again, you know, this is where I jump back on my fence as a devil's advocate and say, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Because yeah. as much as I'm saying, everybody mind your own business, focus on what you focus on, understand what your yes. priorities are, stop performing, blah, blah, blah. That stuff has worked. You know, it does work. With enough yeah. pressure and enough, you know, enough shady subtweets on Twitter and all of a sudden we aren't, you know, using reusable pla- We aren't using single-use plastics like we used to. You know, we are being mindful yeah. of, you know, the straws and shit. We don't want to kill the turtles. We are being mindful yeah. of fast fashion and, you know, eating one meat meal a week instead of every day these things they do help in some capacity but enough to reverse the damage that we've done thus far Mm-mm. not sure let's start not prepping sure. everyone you know there's a show <laughs> on netflix called the 100 you know watch a bit of that then you know maybe watch um you know a few uh documentaries on end of day cult see how they prep you i'm know what screaming I mean? on end of day cult i'm pretty sure downsizing at the end we discovered that they were prepping for the end of the world by downsizing everything so i feel like there's a sustainability we should have been that. downsizing yeah mm-hmm. do you think it's too late like let's be honest 
I actually don't know because every time I come across a climate change denier in the form of some, you know, really um, old radio presenter or an an article or something, they'll Mm. all say the same thing. Oh, you know, this happens every year. It gets hotter every year, you know, so on and so forth. Like, (laughs) oh, this used to happen back in the 80s, blah, blah, blah. I haven't been oh, like I haven't been cognizant enough of the world and the weather to understand how bad things are. I mean, I was reading the comments of like this. Mm, I don't even know what what the Facebook thread was. Or maybe it was Reddit, but essentially somebody was saying, you know, maybe this is the way the world has always been, and now because nah. we have access to information, we can like we are now co- like consciously aware that oh, it's fucked everywhere. It's not this th- is this- not the way the world has always been. Mm-mm. Look, babes, I don't know what's going on. Look, <laughs> the world is ending. The world is not ending. Either way, we're dying and decaying. Live your life yeah. like you've got 40 years max. Don't stress about it. I mean, it's October 14 today Yeah. in New York. And it is. Tw- it was 22 degrees Celsius today. I was walking outside with my nipples out. Usually, for all the years that I've lived here, which really has just been three years... But for all the years that I've lived here, by now, I'm walking outside with a blanket and <laughs> my Eskimo suit. So why are my nipples out in the middle of October? It's just glow. But also, like, it now snows in South Africa. Like, yeah. shit is wild, you know? But that's not to stress you. No, you know, because- I just don't think, like, this is any of this is worth stressing about. Because Mm-mm. what is stressing going to do? Just it's also about, not your problem. It's like probably even our if you're white. Yeah. Imagine there was once dinosaurs. And now and they're then, gone and it's now okay. they're no dinosaurs. You know, it's just the cycle of life. Like mm-hmm. everyone who's listening to this episode, like climate change is not your fault and it's not your problem. Oh, I think it's the other way around. Ooh, it's what your do you fault. Mean? But it's not your problem. <laughs> <laughs> It's all all of our fault. We did this. Well, didn't we do this? No, 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 not people. People of color, you're completely excluded from this one. (laughs) Wait, are you saying black people or or people of color? Because we've got to start distinguishing. Ooh, do you think? I think every black person and every (laughs) Asian person. No. If you are not white, you didn't do this. Because capitalism is part of white culture. Like, this isn't... Not to mention it's the Europeans and the Americans. Okay, also the Chinese. So let me just say black people. (laughs) It's Europe, America, and China that predominantly have caused global warming. But we, black people, but especially poor black people, poor people of color will experience the effects more than anyone else. And just I just think that's a like we just need to okay, why do you think it's all of us? Like all of us is in we're actively complicit in it right now or mm-hmm. all of us is in we we caused this. All of us have caused it in some way. I mean, mm. think about how many cars we've been in, how many buses, how many trains, how many flights, all the fast fashion, all the industries yeah. that we are actively a part of that contribute to um global warming or the climate crisis like we all did this not one of us is exempt Exempt. from blame well i think we're all complicit but i don't think we all did this same shit 
think so? You're kind of like, I didn't hit that person, but I watched that person hit that person. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. But you did hit that person. No, I think anyone who is listening to this, you didn't do it. (laughs) Look, (laughs) just go to bed knowing that this is as much your fault as your best friend's fault, as your parents' fault, as your, your to be children's fault, and then do what you can. This is not to say that we shouldn't make the small changes we've been making. I've been learning a ton mm. of shit. I'm wearing my vegan deodorant, you know, in my fast fashion. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm eating <laughs> in your meat fast less. fashion. <laughs> I'm out here trying to get sustainably sourced tuna and then realizing that doesn't taste as good, so I go back to the old shit. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm buying no, we plastic see bottles we of see water, you. but I'm reusing that plastic bottle. You know, it's baby steps. But honestly, I feel like that's the shit. Like uh-huh. that's you're good, fam. Like I'm I'm not out here like no bitch, you need no, like I feel like you're good, you know? We're all good. We're yeah. all trash. We all did this. We should be ashamed. <laughs> the robots will kill you and just accept it. Cause you don't want to take that tension into the next life. So when the robots <laughs> come, screaming. just be free with it. <laughs> don't text. Yeah, honestly. Don't do your face funny when the robots come and kill you because it looks terrible at the open oh. casket funeral. Listen, when Unless the robots come, <laughs> during the robot apocalypse, I'm actually joining their team. Oh! Oh, yeah. Y'all thought I was with you? <laughs> Immediate. Listen. The order they don't have goes, to ask me twice. Robots on top. <laughs> then, then aliens. Oh, yes. Then sea creatures. Jellyfish. Yeah. Gang gang. Then safari creatures. Then insects. (laughs) And then then vermin. Then vermin. (laughs) And then we'll scrape the bottom of the ocean for some new new (laughs) underwater Amoebas. And And then then it's humans. You know what I'm saying? And yes. And then even with humans, it's babies. It's maybe. Then it's toddlers. Then it's the elderly. Then it's children. Anyone <laughs> who has then it's a, women. a mental illness women. will prioritize you. Able-bodied oh, yes. people down the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Throw you down the well. sane people down the bottom. <laughs> because you, you did this. Down the well. If you're able-bodied, intelligent, sane, emotionally stable, you had so much time to save <laughs> us all and you didn't. So now, <laughs> your down time the has well. come. Yeah, why should you? Why should we let you live? Mm-mm. I'm joining the robots, fam. Immediately, I just think they're not here already. But I just know, you know what? Not the robots, but the aliens. Because I also think the aliens are coming. <clears throat> I actually think the aliens are with us right now. They've been and gone. And you know, I just you know, I just think they're overseeing us. They're watching us. I really trust the aliens. They're altruistic. I just, I fuck with them. Like, I'm on the aliens team. So when they come, like, guys, I'm out. Like, I'm on their team. But y'all have fun with the world that you destroyed. I'm off to Mars. The world that we destroyed. You just want to quickly. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to quickly make sure that we all did it together. That I knew that. (laughs) So there we have it. I think this, this, this episode is, it's a lot. It's a lot. I can't tell if I'm going to get cancelled or just assassinated. But we'll see, hey? I think we'll just have to see. Either way, this is not your community, baby. You and the robots, you and the aliens. 
Yeah, y'all know. Y'all know what it is. Y'all know what it is. I can introduce everyone, though. Like, uh, I feel like we can all get along. And this is the problem. <laughs> How are you going to be kept by your lord and savior from Zyrtec and then try and bring your common human friends with you? How embarrassing. <laughs> These no house training, no manners, you know, <laughs> moral Olympics. Okay, question. Imagine question. when we go to space and they're like, hey, we bought a few humans to eat. Do you mind? And then your <laughs> friends are like, oh no, we don't do cannibalism in the West. <laughs> Embarrassing. Embarrassing. Actually, okay, mm-hmm. question. So when Elon Musk says, hey guys, we actually have 10 days left to live. Mm. And he's like, here's the spaceship. First come, first serve. Everyone hop on. Let's go to Mars. You get inside the spaceship and it's all white men. Are you going? Oh, I'm there. (laughs) (laughs) At least make it something difficult. Like there's no preservatives. It's just water and spinach. Are you going? I'd rather die here. (laughs) Flex, did you forget what happened the last time white men convinced us to get on a ship? You're getting on again? Is this Noah's Ark? Oh, colonized slavery, slavery. <laughs> I, wow. They wow. need me to procreate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going. You're going. Wow. Okay, you get on and it's Trump, Jeff Bezos, and uh, Boris Johnson. Okay, well, I'm not going if there's no and one their to families. Fuck. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. On the topic, though, I was watching yeah. this movie with Robert Pattinson called Mile High or something. Yeah. Higher high Miles. It's not Mile High. But essentially, there's, like, the world is in decay and, like always, they want to check if there's um, not only life force in space, but if you can sustain life living on a spaceship for an extended period of time. So what yeah. they do, and also like the um, the inhabitants of Earth are infertile and barren because whatever, that shit always happens. So they mm-hmm. send a bunch of criminals up and they say, you know, you can either um, have, what's that called? A death sentence on Earth, or you can go and live up the rest of your days on this spaceship in space. And so Robert Pattinson and these like seven, eight other criminals jump up with a doctor into the spaceship. They start living life or whatever. It's cute. Every day they're like, you know, the women are inseminated and the men have to like jack off and, you know, put that shit together and see if they can make babies and stuff. And eventually one chick does make a baby and it's chill or whatever, but naturally they start running out of food, they start dying off. And then Robert Pattinson is left with um, the baby to look after and whatever. But what they end up finding is that because there were so many light years away, they could never get back to Earth anyway. And they were sent up oh, as experiments. Shit. And so every day they were given menial tasks. Like, you got to check in with base camp. you got to give us logs. you got to do this to busy their mind so they wouldn't yeah. go fucking crazy. And <laughs> they were just sent up on a death sentence. And interestingly, oh. like halfway through the movie, they come across a spaceship that looks just like theirs. So they go onto that spaceship to see if they can find other humans. And they realize it's a spaceship full of puppies. What As in, the fuck? they were just like any any random people could have been sent up for these experiments. It didn't even matter. 
So, oh, that's my other concern with my with God. going into space. The fact that light years are I'm real. I'm not going. And mm-hmm. you can't, you can't just like pop back when you're done. No, you no, were no, up no, there no. for good, <laughs> except in the 100 on Netflix where they came back down to Earth. I'm not taking this risk, <laughs> so I must go with Elon Musk. And just like tech bros are very annoying. Both said I'd rather die. <laughs> Literally. So I must go hang out with Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg. Mind you, these aren't just like your regular white men. These mm. are like Silicon Valley billionaire white men. Yeah. Like I didn't make that clear. So I must go hang out with Mark Zuckerberg and Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. So that they can eat my flesh, nah, <laughs> while I'm asleep. Mm-hmm. Look, it's an option and I wouldn't rule it out. You know, they'll be the first to make you clean the space. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> You'll be in the kitchen. <laughs> in the fryer. They're progressive. They said they were progressive. All right, I'm done. We're done. I've had enough yeah. of you. Okay, yeah, wow. Thank you for listening to this very insightful conversation. <laughs> I hope you've learned a lot. Um, let us know, like, in the Facebook group, which you will find in the description box below this episode. Head over to our Facebook group and let us know if you're going to Mars with Elon Musk. I'd really love to know. Also, let us know what you think is in store for the future. Are we just all going to die? Are robots going to take over? Are the aliens going to come intervene and save us? Like, what's the tea? And follow us on Instagram at Bobo and Flex. Support us on Patreon. And we are now on Twitter. So follow us on Twitter at Bobo and Flex. And we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. 